The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. We are coming to you on the heels of probably the uh, Tigers' biggest road win of the season, true road win, uh, over Cincinnati. Uh, They are are now on a uh, three-game winning streak after that loss, double overtime loss to UCF. They seem to have righted the ship. They're off the most perilous portion of the bubble. Um, It feels like uh, more like the team that we saw in non-conference play, Uh, certainly in that Cincinnati game. They also also beat Wichita State since we last joined you as well. So lots and lots to get to in this episode. We'll we'll break down those two wins. We'll talk about DeAndre Williams' big week, the – I guess the revenge game that went awry for Landers Nolly, Penny Hardaway getting his hundredth win with an asterisk, I guess, officially. Um, Also some scheduling news, some news on Mikey Williams, and uh, we'll preview the week ahead when the Tigers play SMU and Tulsa. So tons of stuff to get to. It's the end of January. Things are heating up in college basketball months after these two wins. You know, we we did this podcast on the heels of uh, last week on the heels of the Kendrick Davis buzzer beater over Temple. How much better do you feel about this team today than, say, this time, you know, last week? A lot better, honestly. Uh, You know, like I I picked Memphis to lose at Cincinnati. And, um, you know, I'm sorry to say, but uh, I, I thought that, you know, I mean, like Memphis had not played well on the road this season really at all. Um, and Penny had talked about that, like pretty, pretty not extensively, but he's been mentioning it in the last few weeks, just about how good teams are. I don't know if he says good teams or great teams. I think he says great teams are able to win on the road and they had not yet been able to do that. Um, I think they had, they, they may have had one true road victory before the Cincinnati game. And so that to me was a big, big, big test. Not only was it a test though, it was also kind of like you needed it. If you were Memphis, if you were going to get away from, as you said, the most perilous part of the bubble and they did it, they got it. And, you know, like it was, impressive the way that they did it like they never lost their composure it was it was such a weird game with the way the refs were calling things and 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 just the obviously there was the snow uh you know there was the weather conditions outside that that sort of like led to a crowd that they you know that was much less than what they thought they were going to have um and then you know it was just kind of a choppy game and Kendrick didn't play for five minutes in the first half and yet they still were able to go into halftime with a 10 point lead. It was just kind of a weird, you know, and then of course Cincinnati came back and tied it in the second half. It was just a weird game. And um, like the fact that they got a win against a good team, you know, a high quad two win on the road 
uh, you know, longtime rival, um, all the weirdness. And now you're starting to sort of push yourself off that, off that ugly part of the bubble. I mean, like, you know, this morning, Jerry Palm has Memphis as an eight seed. Um, uh, Shelby Mast, the USA Today uh, sports bracketologist, has Memphis as an eight seed. Lenardi's got Memphis as a 10 seed. Uh, you know, so they're like, they're like, not, not only are they last, not last four in, they're not, they're not last four they're, buys either. They're, they're where last year's team was at by the end of the year, by the time selection Sunday arrived. That's kind of where they are right now. Um, should note that was actually their third road win. Uh, they, they've okay. beaten Vandy temple and now Cincy on the road. They're up to 37 in the net Memphis is. Um, so that's really good news. One and two in quad one games now five and three in quad two games. And I think most importantly of all, no losses in quad three or quad four. Um, that, that, and that's something that is going to uh, be very important this week with, uh, games against SMU and Tulsa looming. You don't want to, those are going to be those types of, you know, in terms of where they're categorized, that's what those games are going to be. Um, in the net ranking formula, but, um, you called it weird and I, that game against Cincinnati and I would actually call it like that to me is the template for this team. What happened in that Cincinnati game? Um, like like that felt like if you could bottle up that game, like, and that game feels realistic for them to pull off consistently and, um, and they'll win a lot of games here down the stretch doing it. Um, like I, I just felt like, you know, Deandre, and Kendrick were really good. Uh, you got the secondary contributions from Keontae Kennedy. You were able to uh, hold your own and, you know, slightly win the rebounding battle. And, um, you know, you, you were hit, not. You hit your free throws. You hit your free throws. And, you know, you weren't. Uh, you, there wasn't a huge disparity in the three-point shooting. You know, you were able, you know, whether it was. Via, it was more this time via them holding Cincinnati in check from the three-point line. Um, but re- regardless, I, I felt it was like a formula that felt like this is what this team, like this version of the team is, the is you know, I'm not saying that's the best they can play, but in some form or fashion, that's like the best version of this team. Um, and, you know, obviously it can get better when you add in hopefully – you know, Malcolm Dandridge and Alex Lomax from injury as you move along here the next month and a half. Um, but I thought it was a really encouraging win. Um, and I thought kind of, uh, you know, you could tell from what how Penny reacted to it, just a really satisfying w- way for him to get his 100th win with an asterisk. I guess officially the school is not going to be able to recognize his 100th win till the next win because one win was vacated by the NCAA as part of the uh, IARP ruling related to James Wiseman's eligibility. So officially it's his 99th, but, you know, we all watched them beat, what was it, South Carolina State, I think, is the one that got, or maybe UIC. No, um, no, no, it was, I, I actually uh, uh, sought clarification on that and got and got it. it it's the South Carolina State um South Carolina State win is the one that was vacated, which I think is interesting because James actually played against uh, Illinois. Well, Chicago. he got the. I, I, I'm guessing the argument is he got the court injunction for the UIC yes. game, and yes. that's why uh, they're not making them vacate that one. So, yeah. Um, 
So, but like, you know, we all, we, we were there, we know what happened in that game. So a hundred wins for Penny. Um, and it seems, you know, I just thought I, I put in my comic commercial, but com, it felt like kind of fitting that it was, you know, a game in which after a rough patch, his team, you know, won it kind of looking like the team he sort of expected them to be all along. Um, and we've, um, we've seen that Penny's teams traditionally here the past few years have played their best basketball right or, you know, start playing their best basketball right around now. Um, well, that's, and that, I mean, that, that Cincinnati kind of, game was a good sign. I mean, yeah, that, that's exactly, that was the last point I was going to make, you know, going back to your first question about how much better do I feel or how good do I feel um, after the week that was. And I mean, yes, this is, this is what Penny Hardaway teams do. I mean, it was January 20th last year when they lost to SMU and, you know, the stuff kind of hit the fan in the post-game press conference and it was like their third or fourth loss in a row. And then they won 10 out of their next 11 or whatever it was, 12 out of their next 13, something like that. Um, like it's, it was January 20th of last year where it's January 24th. It's Tuesday. Uh, I think it's January 24th, but like, this is, this is the time that Penny Hardaway teams typically start to play really, really, really well. And if that is going to hold true, if that trend is going to continue, well, then I think not only me, but everybody should feel good about uh, about the Tigers, you know, outlook the rest of the way. Yeah, no, it it, it certainly does. Now, you know, there's like, you know, there's some tests ahead, obviously. Um, and, you know, things have, you know, changed a little bit in the conference. Houston loses to Temple over the weekend, gets upset by Temple. Uh, UCF has lost a couple times here since they beat Memphis. Um, Tulane lost a bad game to Tulsa. Um, and so now Memphis finds itself, I believe they're technically in third place, a half yes. game behind Temple. But obviously they already have the road win over Temple. And I don't think that they don't play again this year, right? They do. No, they do. Yeah. Uh, oh, they do. There's a home game against Temple. Yep, Temple comes here. The only two teams that Memphis plays just once this year are East Carolina and Tulsa. So um, so they get Temple back here. But, yeah, they're a half game behind Temple and, and just one game now behind uh, Houston. So And they got two games against Houston left. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's setting up pretty well. Like your, your hardest, your most difficult – outside of Houston, your most difficult road games are behind you. Tulane, um, UCF. Cincinnati, you know, those are behind you now. Um, now, the flip side of that is there are landmines galore in this conference. I mean, like, like, legitimately. This whole week is a landmine coming up. This whole stretch, like, SMU Tulsa is like two just giant, you know, if you win, nothing's going to happen. If you lose, it's pretty bad. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, let's not even talk about the. I think Memphis goes to Tampa to play USF on February eighth. You think Tyler Harris at home isn't going to be, uh, like, you know, super pumped up to get back at Memphis for the for you know for for sort of USF bungling away that game uh, here at FedEx Forum? I mean, like, well, I I would say this: if they play the way they did against Cincinnati or somewhere close to it. I think the Ken Palm projection of they're favored in every game the rest of the way, except Houston, 
Like, I, I feel good about that. If they can play near that level they did against Cincinnati, not even necessarily match it, but near that level that they did against Cincinnati. What do you think? Get get your crystal ball out or your binoculars or your telescope or whatever. And, like, tell me what do you think? I'm getting my De- DeAndre Williams goggles because you're apparently okay. not allowed to do that in a game. <laughs> not toward the other t- other team's bench, apparently. Yeah. Uh, maybe Not towards it, Landers, like, specifically. Yeah, yeah, or Chez. Uh, maybe you can do it toward the sky or something if you're, like, looking mm-hmm. for birds. But um, if you're bird watching. But... Uh, uh, so okay, so there's 11 regular season games left. What do you think's realistic? Nine and two. Yeah, yeah. I think nine and two is kind of like that'd be great. You'll be safely right. in the field at nine and two. Well, that was going to be my next question. What what seed do you think? Uh, that gets well, it depends. Does that nine and two include a win over Houston? Does it I, include I, I, you know? Yes. Yes. Under uh, under this scenario, I'm going to say you lose on the road to Houston and you win at home against Houston. You know, the other the other loss is probably going to be on the road. Uh, does it so that's going to does it include does it inc- and I assume it include to me it probably includes making it at least to the semis of the conference tournament then? Yes. Yes. So you're looking at if if that happens, you're looking at probably what 20 Five and be, you'd be twenty five and eight in that scenario. Okay, so what um, seed do you like there? Um, well, I want to check something real quick before I give you an answer. All right. Well, I can I can fill. I'm, I'm going to say they'll be the same seed as last year, like eight, nine, something like that. Okay. 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 Yeah. And if I they do they'll... better than that, if they own, if if both their losses are to Houston, but they beat everybody else and they get to the title game. Well, I think losing, losing like the Houston win is crucial to me. To 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 envisioning a scenario where they're higher than an eight seed, it has to include a win over Houston, at least one. All right. All right. Well, let's say they go ten and one. Then they only lose to Houston at, on the road. Then maybe you're like a seven. I, I think they may have played their way out of being a five or a six seed. To be quite honest okay. with you, maybe if they go ten and one, they could get up to like six. But I think with some of the losses they've suffered. Uh, already like I don't know if you I mean maybe you know it's it's you know it's it's not the strongest year it's not like there's some you know like there's no great really great teams it feels like you know there's no no no-brainer national championship contender this year um teams have been dropping games um yeah you know but I mean they go 10 and 1 I could see it you know 10 and 1 you could get up to like you maybe you could move up a you know significantly in the seed line uh, yeah. type situation. I mean, last year out of coming out of, uh, the season, they were, um, where, what was their record last year? Their record was, um, coming out of the regular season, they were at what? 18 and 12, something like that. 18 and 10, 18 and nine, I think. No, they, they would have been, they played 31 games last year, right? So that would have been. Oh yeah, no, they were tw- they were they were they they were 20 and 10 going into the go. conference tournament. Um, because remember they missed a game against Tennessee, so they only played 30 ah. games. Yeah. Um, so they were 20 and 10 last year, and this would put them at 24 and seven. With, um, if you in if they go nine and two, let's say they'd be 24 and seven with. A quad one win over Auburn, and in this scenario, a quad one win over Houston, um, and maybe one other. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I think they had I mean, three it, quad one wins last year going into Selection Sunday, if I recall I mean, correctly. Cincinnati's at 81, and all they got to be is top 75. So, like, if Cincinnati maybe. plays well the rest of the way, maybe that becomes a quad you know, one. I mean, the 9-2 and two or better scenario is what it, it feels like if you want to have better than, like, an 8 seed. That's what, that's, yeah. that's what it feels like it is. Um, so, and it depends like how bad is the, is the other loss besides the Houston game? You know, like who, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about, you know, losing on the road to, um, you know, like if we're talking about losing on the road to like SMU or Tulsa, like that's pretty bad. You know, that's going to be a bad loss. If it's on the road to like, um, you know, Wichita state or I guess, uh, South Florida, it's not as bad, but still um, yeah. not good. <laughs> um, right. Right. But, um, yeah, so we shall see. It's a long way to get to that point, honestly, um, because yeah. they got to, you know, they got to keep playing at this level. Um, I think it's important to do it this week against two not great teams. Continue playing at the level you did against Cincinnati, even though the uh, opponents are going to be, uh, you know, among the worst, you know, probably the two worst teams in the league are playing this weekend uh, or this week, excuse me, uh, SMU at home Thursday and then at Tulsa Sunday. We'll get to those in a second. I wanted to talk to you real quick. Because I think the big storyline in these last two wins over Wichita State and um, Cincinnati on the court was, I I think it was probably the best bet. I think the Wichita State game is probably the best game DeAndre Williams has played at Memphis. And I think these two games together were the best back-to-back performances of his career at Memphis. He was tremendous. He was AAC Player of the Week and deservedly so. It really felt like his game went to a level we had not seen before in these last two games. Without question, what, 27 and a half points, uh, like average, 27 and a half points and an 11 and a half rebound, mm-hmm. rebounding average. Um, and, and, he, went, know, he went 20, he went 27, 29, 15, and then 26, 8. Yeah, with like a really high field goal percentage. And he's hitting his free throws. He was four for four from the line at Cincinnati, like, and and he's hitting three pointers again. I yep. know you wrote about that, and have, have probably talked. He's about now that got about he's that. now got seven in the last six games. He had nine all of last year. I know. I mean, like he he has raised his game up at least one notch, and and like he's not fouling out. Um, no, yeah, and, and particularly got- in the Cincinnati game where he survived that terrible technical on the goggles thing. And then his fourth foul towards the end of the game was like a pretty bad call too, where he like stole the ball, you know, knocked the ball away in transition. And it was like, weird. I couldn't believe they called a foul. That was criminal, man. Like he just, he intercepted a a pass on a fast break and like, like he jumped the passing lane and they called him for a foul. It was unbelievable. Um, So, but yeah, like, you know, uh, he, he's just really, really playing very, very well, but you know, uh, you got not only, I mean, you got to keep it up. Um, and, and if you do, then, then, you know, what you were saying a second ago about, uh, not, not necessarily like lowering your guard against lesser competition. You know, people talk about it a lot with this Memphis team under Penny Hardaway, they play up to their competition, but they also play down to their competition. And so like, now is the time to uh, 
you know, uh, put a pin in that narrative uh, if you if you want to, you know, start garnering some some respect, some real some real buzz. Uh, now's the time to sort of put your foot down on the gas and and uh, and and you know if if the past two or three games for DeAndre Williams is are, are any indication he's 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 more than ready to do that. Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean they're gonna need it. I mean, I mean when they have Kendrick and him playing at a high level, I mean they're gonna probably have two first team All AAC selections. I mean they those are two of the five best players in the league. There's no doubt about it. Um, yep. And uh, it's going to be to me, you know, those two obviously hold the keys to this this whole thing, especially until this team gets healthy, even though, you know, whether it's Kennedy or Elijah McCadden, they've been getting some some good uh, contributions from them. And, you know, I thought, you know, in the Cincinnati game in particular, both the Wichita State and the Cincinnati game, I thought Penny was on top of his game too, coaching wise, really um, you know, with in the Wichita State game with how he strategically employed the press, at, you know, despite being low on scholarship players. And then in the Cincinnati game, how he kind of baited Cincinnati into running their offense through Victor Lockin. And yeah, Lockin had a career high game, but like he, it felt like Penny was basically saying, go ahead. Like, you're not going to beat us yeah. with Victor Locken having a career-high game. You're going to beat us right. by hitting a bunch of three-pointers, and we're not going to let you do that. Yep, yep, yep. I yeah. mean, Penny's on a roll, man. Like, you know, go take it back to the Temple game and, and the timeout that he called uh, right there at the end. I mean, <laughs> like, Penny is Penny is coaching his socks off right now. <laughs> I, I actually do think, I know some, I think this has been his best coaching job so far. We'll see. Last year, he was pretty good towards the end of the year. We'll see how this ends. But as of January 24th, compared to as of January 24th, every other season, like, I think he's doing his best coaching job this season. Yeah. And, and let's, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little carried away. I mean, he's, he's made mistakes this year. Let's not. No, you, you, that, I mean, you but. can point the UCF game felt like, you know, that was not a great moment, but you know, the Auburn game was, you know, I thought yep. he was good. I thought he did a heck of a job in that game, you know, um, by and large, you know, I have had, you know, he's, it seems like he, there's been no, certainly no like catastrophic decision. And, in, and, and yeah. quite the opposite, it feels like there's been a lot of decisions he's made that have you look back and you go, man, that was a, that was a savvy move, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just uh, uh, showing signs of growth and progression, and and um, and just getting better. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, I still think you know what this season has shown again is like you know I think the one area where you could, if you really wanted to, to really nitpick, if you will, is you know I think, and it has nothing to do, frankly, with the in-game stuff that everyone you know, sometimes focuses on to me, it's more like roster management in the off season. Like ultimately, whether it was unluckiness or, you know, poor planning or what have you, you know, again, whether, you know, in years past, it's been having like too many of the same type of player and having chemistry issues because of it. Um, And, you know, a lot of egos, if you will, you know, uh, recruiting too many egos this year, he didn't recruit too many egos it feels like he's like a player short at times, you know, when he's trying to do stuff. And um, so I think if, if any, if you're going to really nitpick, it'd be like off season roster management, you know, he still has to perfect that a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, and that would be nitpicking in my opinion. But yeah, because some of it was just bad luck. Like you were planning to have Lander or Lester, and it didn't happen. Um, yep. You know, like everyone's focused on you know they're looking around and you know Boogie Ellis is playing well at USC and Damian Baugh is playing well at TCU and DJ Jeffries is a rotation guy at Mississippi State and then Landers and Tyler obviously doing well at Cincinnati and USF and but like there's a lot of different factors that went into all of that than just he didn't want these guys and he picked Elijah McCadden and you know Keontae Kennedy over him it's a lot it you know the layers of it are a little more complicated than that like you know like it, w- you have to factor in, for instance, like what happens with Kendrick Davis if some of these guys were still on the roster, you know, and like, you know, yes. what about Lester, you know, not, you know, ultimately making a decision that kind of caught them a little off guard going to the NBA or Emmanuel Acott coming on to campus for like a few weeks and then bolting for Western Kentucky, you know, like there's a lot of different things that go into all of this, but nonetheless, it does feel like, and I think deep down, Penny would probably admit it. He's probably, you know, he probably expected to have a little more in his, um, a little more ammo than he actually has, even though this ammo is pretty good. Still gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I know it's definitely not a, a, it's just definitely not as simple as saying, well, you know, he should have done this or he should have done that or whatever. Yeah. It's there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and, and well, like, you know, like who's to say, who's to say that if, uh, if Lester had stayed or if, or if Penny had decided to keep Landers or Tyler, that DeAndre would be having the year that he's having. I mean, it's, it's, you can, it's just really, really difficult, you, you know, to just make, it's these, hard to play the what if game on this. Yes, it really is. Yes. Extremely um, difficult. yeah. Now I will say you could tell Penny was, you know, Pretty happy that, you know, Landers did not have the chance to say, I told you so. He even said that explicitly. Um, You know, it was, it was, it did feel definitely a different dynamic in the Landers playing against Memphis for the first time dynamic than, say, the Tyler Harris playing against Memphis the first time dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said that on the radio about not wanting, being happy that Landers won't be able to say, I told you so. He said that to y'all, I think, right? He did, he did, but I, I, yeah. I was wondering if he said it twice. No, he no, he said, said it to you. No, he said it to he said it to you guys after the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I knew that, but um, but yes, there was definitely like when I asked him the question, the look on his face, like he knew what I was getting at uh, about how this win, you know, probably felt a little bit better for a number of reasons. His one hundredth win. Obviously, Cincinnati, obviously a road win, but then also the uh, the Lander situation. And he didn't shy away from it. You know, I mean, he said it straight up. He said, you know, I, I, I didn't want I, I you you definitely don't want the, the you know, a player like Lander's Nolly to be able to say, I told you so. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it it, it was definitely uh, a very sweet win, I think, for one Penny Hardaway. Well, and he said, like, you know, that double tech at the beginning of the game with Landers and Kendrick, I mean, Penny seemed to intimate that, you know, those two were really jawing at each other. I mean, he said Kendrick basically told them, told Landers like this, I got your jersey now, this is my team. Yeah, well, I I actually, uh, as I was on my way out of the arena, back into the snow, 
um, uh, with with the uh, grocery bags tied around my feet. Um, yeah, I can't. It, it's a long story. That is yeah, such I, a that is such a uh, that is such a mean? southerner not prepared for the snow move right there. Oh, oh, I think quite the opposite. I think I was more than prepared. You don't have I a pair was... of boots. You don't have a pair of boots. What boots? Yeah. No, no. Get some no, Tim's. No just some waterproof Tim's. <laughs> no, that, uh, even if I had, I wouldn't have brought them. They they were expecting like one inch of snow, and they got six. So I w- I don't think I would have brought them. But anyway, someone uh, someone ready for snow wears boots, Muns. Let me just tell you that. Well, I, I mean, I okay, uh, that's fine. Preparation is key in wintry weather. All right, that's just that's the, my one word of advice that you should take to heart in uh in uh in this podcast. Everything else hey, you could probably disregard. I had my Kroger bags, so I, I felt like I was prepared. <laughs> but uh, uh, you should have seen some of the looks I got when I walked into the arena with the with the plastic bags on my feet. It was it was uh, quite a scene. But uh, but anyway, on my way out, um, I I ran into Landers and asked him specifically. You know, I, we were just talking; like it wasn't an interview or anything like that. Um, uh, but like he he said that he actually said that he started it. Uh, he kind of started the jawing a little bit at Kendrick saying uh, something to the effect of, all right, now it's time to quit all that head flopping. And he was, you know, referencing the uh, sort of the things, the thing that Kendrick does whenever he's driving or he's dribbling and there's contact and he sort of throws his head back a little bit to like maybe try and sell a foul um you can look at it if he's on your team you're going to look at that as like savvy if you're not on his team you're going to look at that as like you know begging for a foul so i you know you you, it could go either way but um but landers decided to call him out for it and that's when kendrick uh you know called him back out and said hey you know uh f all that i got i got your jersey and i'm and i'm you know, making it look a whole lot better than you ever did. I don't think he actually said those words, but I believe that was the spirit of what he was trying to say um, or of what he said. And, uh, and Landers told me, he looked at him, he goes, oh, it's like that. Okay. All right. This, that's how it's going to be. All right. Okay, fine. And so they were off to the races, but they both got texts for that. And uh, eh, I don't know. It was a shame. It was very clear though, that the referee, the officiating crew knew exactly all of the, they they were very well aware of the undercurrent that this game carried with it. Like they were very they were bound and determined from the very beginning not to let this thing get out of hand. Yeah. So here they are, and now they enter uh, again a week where you know again it's it's two bad teams. It's also two team good narrative week, if you will, the a return week, um, if you will. Uh, Hendrick Davis faces his old team at FedEx Forum Thursday against SMU. And he's talked about it seems like that is meaningful to him, even though SMU doesn't really look like, you know, new staff doesn't really look like the team it was under Jankovic last year, a lot of new pieces. Um, and then uh, at Tulsa will be uh, Frank Hate's first game back at Tulsa since they, I guess they technically parted ways, but ultimately that was, you know, his time had run its course at Tulsa and this will be his return game to Tulsa. Um, so should be some interesting stuff to dive into from a narrative perspective months this week. Oh, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully it's not that interesting on the court. 
Right, right. Yeah, that, you want the opposite uh, of interesting narratives on the court this week. Uh, but speaking of scheduling. Mm. Right? Yeah, I get, yeah. Go, you have an interesting story up at commercialpeel.com people should read about next year's potential schedule. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think it's, I think I, I, I did a little bit of digging and kicked some tires and just tried to figure out exactly what we're, what, what, you know, Memphis fans might be able to expect next season uh, from a, from a non-conference scheduling standpoint. And I think, you know, that obviously it's the first year of the new AAC, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are gone after this season. And then they're welcoming six new teams, UAB, FAU, Rice, Charlotte, Wells. Um, I forget the other two. Um, uh, yeah, whatever. I forget the other two, but, um, you know, non-conference scheduling is going to be as important as ever. And uh, so I, I, you know, obviously we already knew that Memphis was going to have road games against Texas A&M next season, uh, Ole Miss and VCU. They have a home game already on the books for um, Vandy. Vandy's return game is is next season. Plus the three games that are going to be in the Bahamas at the Battle for Atlantis, where that's a loaded field, um, you know, uh, could be could be a, a very very uh, big week for the Tigers. But um, there's a couple of games, a couple of teams where Memphis is like they're not the deals aren't done, but they are trending toward getting done, and that's uh, Missouri and Virginia. Um, if if they are able to get one or both of those games done, the if it's Virginia, then the home and home series would start in Memphis next season, and if it's Missouri, the home and home series would start at Missouri next season. So, um, you know, again, those those deals are not done. They're still probably two or three steps away from those deals getting done, and then they got a few other irons in the fire that are even further away from getting done than those, but not the least of which is Cincinnati. I was told that uh, uh, the trip to Cincinnati, uh, part of it was uh, Memphis was going to actually uh, engage in some discussions with uh, some of the brass in the Cincinnati athletic department about starting a home and home series, you know, next season, keeping the, keeping the the rivalry going. Um, and, and Penny say, Penny seemed to indicate he's in favor of that too. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like again, that 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 is still in the early stages. A couple other names uh, of teams that are also far away, but at least the ball has started rolling are Arkansas and Louisville. So you know, there there that's some things to potentially uh, you know keep an eye on here as the uh the weeks and months uh progress yeah no absolutely um sounds good well make sure you're checking out commercialpeel.com for tons of coverage uh muns has that story up about the schedule also has a story up about mikey williams the memphis commit who uh got snubbed by the mcdonald's all-american game Bronny got in but he didn't um and uh mikey is technically ahead of Bronny on the 247 composite rankings but nonetheless, uh, make sure you're checking out all that coverage over at commercialpeel.com. We will obviously have coverage from the SMU game and the Tulsa game this week, keeping you up to date on these uh, these Tigers who have uh, gotten back on track here after a, 
up and down start to conference play. So uh, lots to be excited about. Uh, we are looking forward to talking to you all about it next week. Till then, I was Mark. That was Jason. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out at FedEx Forum Thursday night. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.